This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Um, the topic, the topic for the episode is going to be, don't expect anything in this world. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. So, the topic... Don't expect anything in this world. What, I, what am I talking about? What do I mean? First, I need to explain the underlying assumption underpinning this topic. To anyone with enough experience with heaven, I'm sorry, with human beings, understands that human beings are imperfect. And um, so when I expected, I'm sorry, when I use the topic, don't expect anything out of this world, I'm talking about don't expect any true justice because human beings are failed, uh, flawed and failed. The best that we can do is flawed justice. Don't expect love on this earth. Because as human beings, the best we can offer is failed and flawed love. Um, and don't expect mercy on this earth. Because as human beings... Flawed, failed human beings, I might add. All we can offer is imperfect mercy. So, I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this saying, yeah, tell me something I don't already know. Well, it's one thing to have a dim understanding of this concept. It's quite another To shake yourself from the habit that we've all been brought up in. By the way, everything I'm talking about, I'm guilty of. To this day, I'm still guilty of it. But we need to shake our conditioning. Because we are conditioned that if we have a problem of justice, and this could take two or three forms. The first form is... Well, if I bring this to the right authorities, it'll get rectified. No, it won't. 
It'll get, it may get imperfectly ratified, but depending on whatever human beings in charge of that, it may not get rectified at all. You might be told literally to go pound sand. Or you'll think, um, well, I'm being mistreated and uh, all I have to do is tell the media about my plight or post it to YouTube or blah, 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 and my situation will be rectified. No, it won't. Because, once again, what I just talked about, it may be imperfectly rectified if it gets rectified at all. Or, oh, I'll go to my friend so-and-so. He knows the ins and outs of this particular issue I'm having. He'll help get me justice. Now, if there's a friend or even an acquaintance that you know that can help you, or you think can help you, he's still under the same constraints as the first two. The person that he's dealing with might give him partial rectification or no rectification at all. So you are better off to, to not expect anything at all on, while you're on this earth. And I'm going to get a little deeper into the, the concept of what I'm talking about. And the same thing applies to mercy. Um, human beings being flawed and failed your mercy that you receive, if you receive any at all, is going to be imperfect because society has been so atomized and there's 7 to 8 billion people on the planet right now. Your level of mercy that you may receive is going to definitely depend on the person that you're relying on mercy from. So, once again, you're better off not expecting mercy in this world. The last part about love, and this goes for males or females, the love you receive and a lot of people are going to bristle when I say this, but it's ultimately true. The, the amount of love you get is going to be imperfect. And imperfect at best. Because depending on who your parents are, it doesn't have to be parents. Your children your wife, your husband, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, or friends for that matter. Let's just say friends. Let's say people within your community. The love that they give is going to be imperfect at best. 
So, you should not expect to receive perfect love on this earth. Now, I'm going to start with the last incident first. What do I mean by perfect love? Now, to those of you who uh, acknowledge Jesus Christ, you, you will understand the baseline that Jesus Christ is perfect love himself. So, since none of us are Jesus Christ or one of his friends, the saints, unless he, he, um, he grants you the grace of perfect love through his uh, instrument of divine providence, you are to desire his perfect love while you are here on earth. And, and if you receive perfect love while here on earth through his divine um, his divine providence and when I say that I'm just meaning he is the author of time and space so everything that happens is not a coincidence, accident or whatever it's meant to happen so let's just say your wife shows you perfect love and because we're flawed failed individuals it may be for a short period of time we should thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for that and, you know, love our loved ones back as perfectly or, you know, yeah, to show God's love as perfectly through our own imperfect natures as we can. But your bottom line assumption should be that while you are here on earth, there is nothing perfect. There is absolutely nothing perfect. Expect to be disappointed and rely, rely on your blessed mother and your Lord Jesus in the heavenly kingdom to help get you whatever it is that you need to get to not only get yourself to heaven, but to get your family and loved ones and friends to heaven too. And that same principle applies in the the uh, the mercy and the justice. It, it, for those of you with eyes to see, you can see where this dumpster fire is heading. How anyone can delude themselves that they're going to receive, receive actual justice or actual mercy while they're here on earth in, in present time is beyond me. The way society and culture and not just American, around the world has been set up 
you are at the mercy of those who I call the satanic, masonic powers that be. And not only are you at their mercy, but they have conditioned you and trained you in this mindset that you, you know, you don't look to God, his heavenly kingdom, or his blessed mother for love, grace, justice. You look to the local judges. You look to the uh, your your friends and family. You look um, to to whatever state department happens that you happen to need redress of your grievances from, and that's the way you're trained from your mother's milk. And. I'm going to say this. And this is probably going to make a lot of said conscious mad. But it needs to be said. There are uh, not all, but a certain segment of said of conscious are going to expect the same things from their hierarchy, their priests, or their fellow parishioners. Or not just their fellow parishioners, maybe even people from other organizations inside of the umbrella of the set of organization. And I'm speaking from personal experience on this. You are going to be sorely disappointed. Now, I've already stated that we are trained from our mother's milk to look in this world for satisfaction for those three main things. And conditioning is a hard thing to break. But with the right dogma, religion, and understanding, if we go to the saints the Holy Trinity and the Blessed Mother for help overcoming this particular conditioning, we can do it. That is why I stress the importance of having the right religion. Now, um, as I said, I, I don't exclude myself out of this. This happens to me at least two or three times on a daily basis where I have to remind myself, expect nothing. And if, if something, you know, good comes my way, that is a, a blessing and a grace from Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother. And it wasn't anything that I did, you know, it, it, it was there, you know, it was them working through divine providence that gave me this unmerited and unwarranted gift. And just as a quick note, for those of you said the conscious I'm talking about, Although the same could be said for Protestants or Vatican II sect members, 
if you hold your priest, your bishop, your pastor on a pedestal and he can do nothing wrong, I'm going to tell you flat out, you are in the wrong spiritual mindset. You are in the wrong spiritual mindset. If you are willing to overlook, defend the indefensible, or to rationalize bad behavior, more or less, you know, actual bad, <laughs> bad teachings, because you may rationalize it by, well, he's my bishop. I, I got to take everything he says as gospel. If you're said of a contest, you should know off the bat that that's, that's a horrible, horrible attitude to take. That's how we got Vatican II. That is how we got to where we're at. Or if your attitude is, well, my um, bishop so-and-so is, is the, uh, the director of the, the uh, seminary where my brother goes to, and he's above, you know, he's, he's above question. Once again, wrong attitude. Just like I have flaws and fail, failings as an individual, your priests and your bishops are human beings just like I am. And if you're unwilling to call them out for bad behavior and you're, you're rationalizing or you're defending the indefensible, you're wrong. Period. End of story. You're wrong. And if you're getting self-righteous at others, who are pointing out very obvious public failings of the person in question, you're wrong. You're wrong. You know, there's, there's, um, Our obedience as true Catholic lies in the sense that if, and by the way, since Sedevacantists do not have a Pope as of this uh, recording, even the bishops and priests do not have the stamp of infallibility when it comes to the matters of faith and morals. Because there's no magisterium. Now, you said of the contest out there, you know, who, who get all proud and self-righteous and puffed up about yourselves, you know darn good and well that you pick up any catechism. I don't care which one it's, as long as it's pre-Vatican II. They will tell you that, um... No bishop and no priest on his own is infallible in faith and morals. 
and you should be especially guarded against giving or I, I, uh, making excuses for priests and bishops who, who have character flaws. So, you know, dismiss this at your own peril. What I'm saying here is backed up. Pick up any catechism. Look it up. Without a magisterium, which is non-existent. And by the way, for you Vatican II types that are rubbing your hands together and saying, yeah, yeah, preach it, brother. Let me tell you something. Your sect is without a magisterium and without a pope as well. Because the council that you are following is in direct contradiction to the true Catholic Church prior to the Vatican II Council. Those, those bishops and, and popes that you've had masquerading, LARPing, pretending to be who they're not, yeah, you have no pope and you have no magisterium. What you have is a bunch of laymen, <laughs> heretical laymen no less, masquerading as the hierarchy and the clergy talking, you know, giving, uh, espousing a false doctrine. But you're in no better circumstances than we are. And I'm including you, Neotrads, in this. Because you Neotrads, the reason I call you Neotrads is is that the organizations that you belong to still still uh, still recognize Vatican II as a legitimate council. If your organization still refers to Vatican II as a legitimate council, you are not a true Catholic. You are not. And while I'm on this subject, I've covered this in my original podcast. I just don't remember the episode. God did not allow this situation to happen by happenstance. In other words, this isn't a coincidence. This is part of His divine providence. So Vatican II is part of His divine providence. And it is up to those who are not spiritually blind and dumb to draw the correct conclusion to this. Why do you think I hammer home divine providence? This is not happenstance. This is not a coincidence. This was meant to happen. So therefore, I'm just, because I can't be sure that anyone's even bothered to listen to my original podcast, I'm going to give my theory. You take it for what it's worth. Because the Catholic Church, even prior to the Protestant Revolt, had become worldly and lukewarm, God in His divine providence Oh, 
let me back up just a little bit. Even, even that the the devout, and I'm talking about the true devout and pious Catholics. Well, they got hooked on the externals. Oh, if if, if Father doesn't give me the uh, the the Eucharist. Uh, I'm, I'm going to die and go to hell. Or, oh, if, uh, uh, if I can't go to my local parish church, um, I, I, I can't worship God in spirit and truth. Oh, oh, if, if, um, if Father doesn't bless my sacramentals, then they're useless. They fell in love with the externals. And I've said this in my original podcast, not every set of contest, but a, a segment of them have fallen into this air. That they have to have their externals. My theory is, is that the reason why the Vatican, that God allowed Vatican II to happen was to train those who are truly devout and pious to not lean on the externals. The Great Reset is not a conspiracy theory. The Great Reset and Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum exist. Therefore, when they enact their plans, your clergy, your externals are going to be taken away from you. And unless you have an interior spiritual life with Lord Jesus, you are going to be, unless he gives you the graces necessary, lost. Because this has been one of the key themes throughout my podcast. The externals don't matter. Now, the Protestants, for all their errors and heresies, have one thing right. Your relationship with Jesus Christ and His Blessed Mother is internal. It's not, you know, it's not external. And I'm going to do another episode explaining how the infant church survived the initial 300 years of his existence despite not being recognized by the pagan Roman government. But suffice it to say, for right now, where the Protestant, Protestants get it wrong is, obviously since they're heretics and they are teaching falsehood, they don't understand the deeper meaning of what they're preaching. Because they are full of heresies and falsehoods and errors, they do not. They cannot understand. Because unless unless they are sincere and devout and are willing to let go of the heresies and falsehoods that they have been taught, and that includes you too, Vatican II sect and the Neo Trads, they are not going to understand what is necessary to be done. 
And the reason I get my panties in a knot, to put it crudely, with said Vacantis is that they should under they've been given they've been given the graces and the tools to up to have a basic understanding of what I'm talking about. But instead, they you know, they just they get complacent. Or you know, they um they get complacent or they get presumptuous. You know, well, you know, I'm going to such and such church. That's good enough. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I, I got into a discussion with a friend of mine and we were discussing this and he was like, well, why shouldn't somebody um, move to a town where there's a set of a conscious parish? Isn't that a big enough sacrifice? To me, that's ridiculous. The concept. It's ridiculous because number one, number one, if you have access to the internet and if you have access to a set of a contest bookstore, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, you need a, a set of Vacantis bookstores. Some of the books I've been forced to get have been off of um, Amazon and eBay and some, uh, you know, Vatican II stores. But as long as you have that, let me, let me back up just a bit. My bottom line in, in saying that this, is, this, this idea is not a good one you don't have to move to a, to a town where there's a set of a contest parish. You don't have to. Um, as a matter of fact, you have to go back to the original podcast, to my original, to understand what I'm talking about here. You need using whatever pre-Vatican II resources that you can get your hands on, even, in, even if you're stuck in the middle of Montana and the nearest set of a conscious parish is 500 miles away or maybe 1,000 miles away, it does not matter. What matters is, is developing that spiritual relationship, the interior relationship, with Lord Jesus, the Blessed Mother, in the Heavenly Kingdom first. Now there's a second part to this. The reason why I'm saying that this is not a good idea, it's anybody with common sense will tell you. Number one, number one, moving, picking up and moving to a different town, and I don't care if it's 500, it may not be feasible due to financial restrictions. Number two, it's not advisable in this sense. We know that the great, well, those of us who understand know that the Great Reset happening is not a matter of if, but when. 
And when it happens, the first thing that they're going to go after is anything that has the spiritual truth in it. And since Sedvacantism is the spiritual truth, what do you think the Masonic Satanist uh, thugs are going to do when they start enforcing their totalitarian rule? They are going to shut down your um, your your parishes, your parish church. They are going to arrest your your bishops and your priests if they can get their hands on them. But they are going to make they are going to do their dangest to absolutely shut down any access to the tr spiritual truth that a person can get a hold of. And I covered this on my episode when I, you know, when, if it's God's will, it'll get out there, where I advised the Sedvacantist bishops to quit bickering and infighting and prepare for this eventuality, because it is. Don't care what you say, it's an eventuality. If you don't start preparing for it now, when it actually happens, it'll be too late. And unless God gives, you know, certain individuals the grace, um, we are in for horrific, I mean, we're in for horrific times regardless. But we are in, you know, it's, it's going to be tougher than it should be. So, this is why I'm saying you have to have an internal relationship. And I think a lot of it, people don't want to contemplate that thought. To them, contemplating the thought that, oh, well, if the externals are taken away from us, we're lost. No, you're not. If you are a set of a contest, you're one, head, one step ahead of the game. You've got the right religion. Now all you need to do is act as if the externals are going to be taken away from you. But a lot of people get in this mindset, well, if the externals are taken away from me, um, all is lost. I might as well just throw up my hands and you know give it up. We are not cowards. We are not cowards. When it comes to fighting for God's ultimate truth, we are to be warriors. Why do you think Pope Leo XIII said Catholics are born for combat? Because he wasn't talking, you know, for you younger romantic types about picking up an M16 and marching on Rome. He's talking about the spiritual battles fighting the heresies, fighting the heirs, fighting your own sins, whether venial or mortal, that you have inside of you. We are to combat those. And heaven forbid, if we are called to physical combat, not rely upon ourselves to win the battle, but rely on the heavenly kingdom, the Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother, to help us win those battles, but have the humility to say, no, we did not win this battle. 
God and the Blessed Mother in the Heavenly Kingdom did. And if you need a further example of that, read the Old Testament. Now, I've covered that in previous episodes on this channel, so I'm not going to get into it. Do not allow yourself to be fooled. Do not allow yourself to be fooled. Now, I understand that we have been brainwashed and conditioned to think a certain way. That's why an interior life is so important. Because once you start it, and, you know, people are individuals, but at a certain point you're going to realize that you may get into a situation where access to an actual priest may be um, impossible. And so what I keep trying to tell people is is that God, I am firmly convinced of this, God is allowing, allowed Vatican II and the Great Greek the Great Reset, when it happens, to test the metal of those who are truly pious and devout and to see, can you rely on me and my mother and, and my friends in heaven? Or do you not trust in me completely and implicitly enough that you don't need externals for your uh, for your uh, help and salvation. And I'll close on this. If you do not have the attitude when it comes to being a or trying to be a pious and devout Catholic of not having the attitude of my vindication will come in heaven if I make it there, if I'm blessed to make it there, then you're going to have a hard time dealing with the reality as it is. You just are. And once again, I'm not excluding myself from this. But this is the attitude I try to have. If I'm blessed to make it to heaven, and, you know, if you go to purgatory, you're going to get to heaven. So it doesn't matter. Your attitude should be, my vindication is in heaven. That Lord Jesus, His blessed mother and the saints are going to see me through this. This period. Come what may. You're going to have a hard time dealing with what's coming. You just thought. That's why they teach you in the spiritual life. Rely to Jesus Christ, His Blessed Mother, and the saints for everything that you need. Do not rely on human beings, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much you care about them. Unless you wean yourself off this mindset, you know, um, I'm not going to be presumptuous, I'm just going to say it. this is not going to be anything good that comes out of that mindset. Anyway, guys, um, take this for what it's worth. If you disagree with 
anything I said, but you listened to 40. Thank you and God bless you. Um, um, I'm sorry. I care about you guys as much as a sinful, flawed, failed individual can care about you. I'm praying for you all. And I'd like to see as many of you get to heaven as possible. God will give you the grace. You got to be willing to accept it and go wherever that grace may lead you. And you can't do it without a spiritual life. I hope and pray sincerely that you get something out of this. I really do. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.